think after thinking about it, yeah, this I think the Suns was probably the first that like started this whole fast-paced movement. Yeah, yeah, basketball. seven seconds or less. Yeah, yeah, and then now it's like emulated everywhere, and it's but the it's a trend. Is, the problem is it shouldn't have been because it looked great during the season. And that same offense is the one that gave Steve Nash two MVPs. But did it, uh-huh. did Steve Nash ever win a championship? No. Did he even reach the finals? I don't think so. Right. So yeah, no, he reached the conference finals versus no, he never LA. reached the finals or, exactly versus so, LA or or San Antonio. I can't quite remember. I'm not entirely sure why every team was trying to perfect the uh, what I effectively see as like some sort of like a choke artist of a team schematic really like whoa, I, whoa. I think i think steve nash has taken enough uh this week i think we're, yeah he's, no, he's no a... <laughs> to be fair to be fair it is not steve nash's fault that it didn't work of anything he made it work as well as it could yeah no very well he, said. he <laughs> brought he brought the suns as far as he could blame dad tony for I this think. one <laughs> oh yeah Dad Tony well, hasn't okay. been shit on in a while, so let's shit on him. <laughs> until he goes to, until he's ultimately signed by the by the Nets. Oh yeah. No, or... that's uh, that's somebody else. <laughs> that's oh. not well, they haven't even over. chosen. Okay, before we get through all that, welcome to that's a red podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. Uh, guys, there's so much going on that's like not even basketball related right now. Not and even on I the was, court. Yeah, not even on the court. And I, every time I think about this drama that's ensuing in Brooklyn, that's ensuing in San Antonio, uh, that's ensuing in freaking L.A., both the Lakers and the Clippers, you kind of think about that, how I'm so glad that the Raptors are boring, you know, like there's no I'm sure I'm sure there is drama ensuing in the background, in the locker room and whatnot, because uh, like, how, how can it not be? But the fact that you see that this this Raptors team is kind of playing all together. They're kind of buying in what Nurse is saying. And Masai has really built this no bullshit mentality with his team and with his front office. And don't you kind of like, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that the Raptors are just a boring team that is just playing basketball at this moment? I couldn't be happier that they are the, the biggest news that came out of them this week that didn't involve them demolishing teams was Masai Ujiri dressing up as uh, the king of Zamunda. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, Pascal Siakam getting rich or dying trying with his uh, tribute to, to a classic 50 cent. 43 cents. 43 cents. 43 cents. Yeah. I, I would like to yeah. say Masai is coming to Canada. That's yes. what we're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> coming to Canada, that's awesome. But yeah, this this Toronto Raptors is it's a fun group, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about them for sure because it's the Raptors podcast. But you, we can't dismiss the fact that this entire shitstorm that is the Brooklyn Nets right now. So if you haven't seen already, um, both or the Brooklyn Nets have stated that they are basically suspending Kyrie for his non-apologizing anti-semitism and and again i'm not i'm not trying to point fingers at Kyrie. i i, I obviously don't agree what he is is publishing on his ig and, and everything like that i just it, it's just the fact that one this happened way too late i think i think this could have been avoided a long time ago but the fact that in the statement i wanted to point this out to you guys is where is the where was the most impactful to me was that we 
basically in quote we are of the view that Kyrie or he is currently unfit to be associated with the Brooklyn Nets which sounds like to me is that like yes you're suspending him for a minimum less than no less than five games I'm going to ask you guys point blank is this the last time we see Kyrie as a net in a Nets jersey I don't think it's going to be the last time because uh you can look at it as they want to get rid of him but on the other hand who's going to want to pick that up right now with what's going on if a team so you picks think that, that up, he's going to be this is the end of his nets career but not his playing career uh no no like i i think he's going to stay on the nets and i think this is basically going to be resolved as resolved okay. as it could be um, okay. because again, who would pick him up right now? If that was the case, who would pick him up right now? Let's say even a struggling team was like, let's bring on board Kyrie Irving. They would get ripped to shreds. Yeah. I, 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 but can I you get any that. lower um, as a Lakers fan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would be the one team that would probably take on, take, take him on right now. But I, it, when I'm thinking when I'm thinking about LeBron, I think about like you remember when friggin' when Jay Z and, and Kanye dropped like the Watch the Thrones, uh, Watch the Thrones, and yeah. after that, just Kanye's they went downhill. That that whole partnership went went downhill, and Jay Z's like, what the hell is happening? And I feel like this is kind of the same with LeBron and Kyrie. LeBron's probably like watching this from afar and saying, what the hell? What the hell is happening? I don't even think the Lakers want him. I don't think they want this shitstorm, this nightmare of, uh, and this PR nightmare because this is this is so bad. And so much so that even whatever Sean Mark says, whatever KD is saying is under scrutiny uh, because they, you know, what... It's just what whatever Kyrie does at this point, it's going to be under fire. And and I'm, again, I'm not trying to say I'm not backing whatever he's doing up. I'm just saying that like the Brooklyn Nets right now are are walking on broken eggshells. They're not even walking on eggshells, and they have to somehow restart everything. Was is, does that mean release Kyrie? Does that mean trade KD? Does that mean I, I don't know? I, I don't know. I don't know what they can do. But right now, they got to do something. And I I know that suspending Kyrie is a good move. It's a little late, in my opinion. But at least they did it. And this like suspension without pay. It, I, and it doesn't even see that there's like a a date where he's going to come back or Kyrie's going to come back to the team. So it is a good move uh, to in the right direction for the Brooklyn Nets. But I'm just thinking like, I honestly don't know how it's going to be like if they won higher, if they really do say higher Emi Odoku, um and have to go through this whole Kyrie thing again, when he comes back with the team, it, like it's a shit show guys. I, I don't know what Brooklyn can do. The suspension of, of Kyrie Irving is good news and bad news. Good news in terms of, okay, fine, they waited forever, but at least he's off the court. He should not be yes. playing. Yeah. Yes. Bad news because, yeah, you said it. They took forever. And also, we cannot trust that this team is going to use this time to continue making the right decision, to actually make a right decision, and that would be to kick him off the team. He does not deserve to be playing a game of basketball again. Um Kind of to Dre's point, I, I don't believe that to be the case, though. I, as, as much as I believe That's that he shouldn't happen. be, 
it's not going to happen. You're right. You know um, what the problem is? The problem is now you're going to tap into, and this is unfortunate, but let's be realistic. If there is hate, that means that they're hateful people and hateful people are a demographic. And I'm not saying to ever, ever, ever pertain to hateful people, but let's be honest. We've seen how misogynistic a lot of sports fans are. We've seen how awful a lot of sports fans are. A big portion, unfortunately, of any market are hateful people. And what will happen should he be thrown out for this? Um, shit's going to go down, honestly. Like, there's going to be, I feel like that there's going to, like, it's going to get really ugly within the league. But at the same time, it seems like the right thing to do because, you know, I don't condone any form of hate and any whatever. And I know Kyrie has now eventually apologized in full, it looks like, but, you know, still too little, too late. My point is, the league, should they do this, they better brace up for what could be a really, really ugly backlash. But, I mean, ever since at least like 2015, a lot of companies and industries are kind of used to that. So, to that point about the companies being used to this is, so the the ADL, and I can't remember what, and I apologize for not being prepared for this, but... Um, the ADL was part of the Nets and Kyrie's uh, apology yeah. in saying we will donate 500000 and Kyrie Irving will match that or vice versa. Uh, Kyrie Irving will donate 500000 towards uh, the ADL. I think that has something to do with like the anti-Semitism. Yeah, and he did, but they rejected it. They rejected it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a great stand. That is... Mm-hmm. We see through your BS, right? Additionally, that, yeah. uh, they rejected it, and then he apologized on Instagram afterwards. Did you know that they responded to that too? They basically said, "Thank you for finally apologizing." However, this is only a start, and so did the um, the Nets organization. I think was in agreement. If correct me if I'm wrong, this is only a start, and what they want him to do in order to receive the donation and to lift the suspension is to like meet with um with uh jewish leaders and basically like have a sit down with him and really kind of be told that a lot of what he was like the majority of what he was sharing and condoning on instagram was was anti-semitic bullshit and a rewriting of history through pure hate so basically that's what he has to do allegedly is sit down with um with uh, religious leaders, I'm not sure what capacity that is. If it's like locals or renowned, like you know, bigger heads of of the religion worldwide, I'm not sure what the capacity is. But uh, he's got work to do. But I mean, damn right. I have a follow up to this, but but Jason, I can't remember if you said yay or nay on this. Is do you think Kyrie's playing basketball ever again? Yeah. I I think so. Unfortunately, this is a star-driven league. Kyrie is, you know, take all the bullshit aside with his off-court antics. He is a fantastic basketball player. And someone like his caliber, even if the Nets do release him, um, he's going to be picked up like just like that because of his basketball knowledge, basketball play. Um, Yeah. are they going to have to bring on the headache? Probably. and But I do feel like there's going to be a lot of teams who are willing to do that, unfortunately. Now, 
what I just have, I want to go back to his press conference. It it's just it's so disheartening thinking that like I I think I'm I'm trying what I always do when whenever there's controversy I always try to f- f- see both sides, and I just don't understand the answers that he was given like this this was the chance right the the nets sean marks uh basically told the reporters that he was not going to um he was not going to do a press conference after a post game because everything just needed to kind of simmer down right so now they're like okay Kyrie, this is your chance to apologize and to do the, the right thing so we can go on with our basketball with 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 your career as a Brooklyn net. And then he did this press conference where basically some of the answers were like, I, uh, I didn't make the documentary or like, I'm not an anti anti feminist because of where I came from. It's like for someone you're not, who you're not apologizing, he's, there wasn't an apology in there. There, there wasn't like, and then finally being a, a state, uh, finally, uh, Brooklyn said that okay, we're going to suspend you for no less than five games because you're unfit to be a Brooklyn, Net, and then you apologize on an IG account. There's some way somehow this still doesn't feel right. I I understand that this is an apology, but like, why did it have to go to this length? Like, how can you not understand that you are one of the biggest generational players a, a a generation watches you your every single move and you posting a ig story or or liking an account or liking movie and and sharing movie about this kind of situation and not understanding that people are going to take it out of context and then you saying like i don't know i didn't make this movie it's like what what in the world are you thinking Kyrie? what I, I again i'm just trying to i'm trying to look at both sides i just can't see it i can't see it coming from Kyrie's side and i just don't think that whatever he apologized from his ig is genuine am i am i crazy on this sir? yeah i think am, I, am I the only one here yeah you're crazy no okay. listen there, there's there's okay. a history here right there's a history of Kyrie um listening to or reading certain things that are really true right he he was earth is flat and i'm not going to get vaccinated and the nets organization looked past all of that and still want to employ him so to both your points i'm going to begrudgingly agree that yeah he will probably continue playing but at the same time this is this should be the the straw that breaks the camel's back right it is the you know with with the whole the earth the earth is flat thing was just funny Right, we all had a good laugh out of that. Then, yeah. when it became, I, I, I'm very much against vaxxing and just spreading misinformation. That really started to get on my nerves. Like, yeah, this is not the way you use your platform. And now, mm-hmm. this, this should be it, right? This should be strike three, really, in terms of is him being a, a toxic energy in this locker room in the NBA. Uh, I don't care, really. I really don't care how good of a basketball player you are. You, this is not the way. If anything, it it should heighten the 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 penalty, right? Mm. That because of your heightened exposure and your platform, you definitely, of all people, should not be promoting what you're promoting and and not apologizing for what you should be apologizing for. So, uh, I'm of the mind that you know, I, I'm. I guess I'm more hopeful here that he no longer plays, that he is waived, 
And let's take that a step further and say that um, assuming, this is under my assumption that he gets waived, which I, I think you both agree with, he probably won't be. But if he does get waived, I think that the Nets organization will do everything to salvage whatever they have left of their fan base. And that means they won't trade Kevin Durant because they have to mm. keep some sort of star power, right? I mean, you're not going to yeah. rebuild your image with Ben Simmons leading the team. Uh, so it's not like they have any draft picks either to rebuild. Exactly. At all. Exactly. If he was so, the figurehead of the team, they would be called the Brooklyn All But Nets. Uh-huh. There you uh-huh. go. Um, I guess like, because I don't know if I ever want to speak about this particular subject again. So I'm just going to say what I'm going to say now. Okay. How do I even approach this? I feel like the whole thing with Kyrie Irving is that because of the flat earth stuff, look, I mean, he's a grown man. He can believe that shit if he, if he so desires, uh, it is stupid and it is hilarious, but I think that set off the new, like not him believing in a flat earth, but the response to it set off the the current era of Kyrie Irving that we know. And the problem is, what happened? People were mocking him for it. Absolutely, they were mocking him for it. And you know what he did? He became, I feel like a lot of people misconstrue being strong-minded with being clever. You can be one or the other. You can't, you don't necessarily have to be both. Like if you're strong-minded, that means you're smart. Kyrie Irving I don't think it's like of ill mind. I think he's extremely mentally strong, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's clever. And as a result, since this whole flat earth thing, I feel like, and you could disagree if, if you want, that he has used each and any opportunity that he has a, an opinion that's controversial like this to basically try and shut out everybody. Now, what I feel like, why I feel, I feel like that's important for right now is do I feel like Kyrie Irving himself is anti-Semitic? I'm not going to answer that because that could easily be like taken out of context and, and whatever. But what I do know is that he shared something either with very little knowledge or enough knowledge to know that he shouldn't have. He shared something and used this opportunity to defend his ability to share something as opposed to proving that he himself does not believe and condone what was being shared and admitting that it was perhaps a mistake. So do I feel like he's an anti-Semite? There's a, I would argue there's a good chance that he isn't. However, he did nothing. There's different levels of racism. There's outwardly being racist and subliminally being racist. Like, you know, try to say something. I'm like, Oh, but I'm not racist. Just because I, I said this, I like all people. You can still be racist. And then there's also the like this sort of bystander sort of racism where he was using this opportunity instead to be like, I'm a critical free thinker. I'm mentally sound, mentally strong. I'm going to be able to basically do whatever I want because I can judge what I want to say instead of saying, maybe I shouldn't have shared that. He's not the first person in general, to share something like this and have to backtrack. Somebody like Lakeith Stanfield, who is a brilliant actor, I might add, um, got looped at something similar where um, he was a part of like a clubhouse room, I think. And he was like, oh, I want to learn more about black history and culture in this specific room. And they were talking about anti-Semitism. And he instantly was like, okay, hey, listen, no, I'm not. I'm not an anti-Semite. 
even though he had to answer to some immature stuff he did, did in the past. That's a whole different story. It's not important. But point is, he responded instantly and basically said, hey, I'm not an anti-Semite. I right. was just trying to figure out something. And unfortunately, a lot of things, a lot of things when it comes to philosophy, when it comes to differing points of view of history, a lot of things root back to bigotry of some sort, whether it's racism, sexism, and in this case, anti-Semitism. So instead, Kyrie Irving was trying to do his typical shtick of nobody's going to get to me because I'm a critical th- free thinker. Instead of doing the right thing, which is basically, I'm not a hateful person. If his Instagram page, and this is the final note, if his Instagram page says, all all people are welcome, fucking prove it. And that's the end of my point. Very well said. Yes. Very well said. Uh, basically, Kyrie, I think, is in the education of YouTube and Twitter. And that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So let's, let's close not with Kyrie. Resources. Sorry, <laughs> absolutely yeah. not. Which, 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 which is my complete point. Um, the drama continues uh, in San Antonio as well. Um, we've already seen, already know the news that Primo was uh, released, waived actually by the San Antonio Spurs, and everybody, including ourselves, were like, "What the hell?" Nineteen-year-old NBA player, first round first round pick for the Spurs basically a, a very talented basketball player was released and uh I guess more news has been been shown to this really really weird and bizarre situation so according to Primo's attorney I guess he says quote Primo is a 19 year old NBA player who has suffered a lifetime of trauma and challenges. He is now being victimized by his former team appointed sports psychologist who is playing to ugly stereotypes and racially charged fears for her own financial benefit. Now to per shams, former Spurs psychologist Hillary Cawthine has sued the Spurs and Josh Primo and is filing a criminal complaint over alleged incidents involving incidents exposed indecent exposure by Primo alleging Primo exposed himself nine nine times to her beginning in December of 2021 and the franchise failed to act so okay there's there's so much to unpack here what there's the one more part i'm gonna add the, the okay the timeline do. right he 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 first exposed it's like two years himself actually it was in december um, oh, okay and then in january she raised it to the front office no one did anything they told her to keep providing therapy and then june rolls around and uh usually she would join the team on at summer league they told her you know we don't need you to stay stay back and then in july they did not renew her contract hmm. yeah okay Wow. Wow. Um, so so ba- basically, Primo told the ESPN, I know that you all are surprised by today's announcement. I've been seeking help to deal with previous trauma I suffered and will now take this time to focus on my mental health trauma more fully. I don't know who to believe. And uh, I know who I think, to believe. I know, I know who to believe. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I agree. But ah, uh, ah, uh, please. What People are we who prey to upon others can absolutely have been preyed upon themselves. Fair. Absolutely. There's no denying that he likely does have trauma if he was so, um, you know, in conversation with uh, specialists on the team. Having said that, that doesn't mean that he himself is not capable of doing similar things. And I see it like all the time. 
all the time a lot of people who were preyed upon or um had stuff like this happen to them kind of like they they i guess i don't know if it's their way of trying to cope with it like i'm not entirely sure and it's like a very sticky gross territory to try and go down basically in short it's completely possible that he himself is traumatized but is also in the business of traumatizing others i don't see why that can't be a thing i absolutely believe it and at the same time it's like nine times jesus christ like one time enough is like bad but nine yeah and it's it's also it's the way in which the message is given out by primo's attorney right it's it it almost reeks of desperation right the mm. the story as as it was released before that statement really did not paint us any good light on on primo and it, it seems like a last ditch effort to try to salvage his client's character which is okay crap uh you did expose yourself we're not gonna den- we can't really deny that uh it doesn't look good in the organization so let's pull up your uh, the trauma that you endured as, as as a young one and try to play that card. Let's play on the fact that, and you know, you'll notice this too in the statement, they make sure to outline her age. Why is that relevant? Why That's is it relevant? That yeah. 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 Say, I did see that. Oh my God. That I she's spraying that. upon him or something. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So it, it reeks of desperation. Um, and oh, the whole thing story. about uh, it was dangling from his shorts. Like, Fuck out of out of here! Like this really? ain't a friends episode, uh, <laughs> and it was not. It, regardless, it was out there, and mm-hmm. and and then we're we're barely even touching the Spurs part in all this, right? In in the front office saying, "Continue, yeah, thanks for letting us know, but keep doing your thing, keep uh, providing uh, therapy sessions there because uh, our, our players are number one, and your your issues are are not of our concern. And then, oh, by the way, we're gonna let you go very soon, so." Yeah, there's there's a lot here, and it's it's wow, it's two very different situations to deal with, but two very very bad looks on the Nets and the Spurs this past week, and, and mm-hmm. you really lose your faith in in how these front offices are doing things. It goes back to how we started this episode, and Jason, you said it. I am so happy that Masai Jerry and Bobby Webster are boring as shit because. <laughs> I don't, I want no part in what's happening with uh, these other front offices. Right. I'll I'll tell you this: what this exposes, in general, never mind just like within this league, but in general, and uh, it's heavily apparent in something like you know these difficult pandemic times. So many businesses and industries are built upon making money first, and you know the well-being of others kind of has to come second because you know everything is a business we no longer do things that make money we no longer do things as a service like we do it because we need to make a living and that's what businesses do they they provide a living and in the case of something like this where we are in a, yet another recession in our lifetime isn't that fun guys isn't that a lot of fun um <laughs> you know money struggles unfortunately take a precedent above and beyond anything else so when it comes to something like this or these two separate incidences where you have um, the allowance of, of anti-Semitism in 20 fucking 22 and you have sexual abuse in an organization that's untended to what have both the responses been 
try and see how long we could go on and see if it gets less ugly because we kind of need to keep going. Unfortunately, they don't really have many other options because we are all, all these other industries, like we're all struggling. Most industries, most people, unless you're like that idiot that just bought Twitter, but I digress, um, are struggling <laughs> financially. And that's kind of the response that they have to take. And on one hand, I understand it because that's the only response you can take when you're struggling with money. I get it. Not to say that the NBA is like losing funds to the extent of, of burning out or anything like that. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, these are still businesses that need to make money. It just makes, it just reminds me how sad the overall state of the world is when it comes to stuff like this, because people like the, uh, like those that have been hurt by this, are only temporarily listened to because we have to, the show must go on regardless of Kyrie mm-hmm. is there. If Primo is there. If Udoka is there, um, not to lump him in any of this, but like, you know, just the minor discrepancy that is him potentially joining the nets, whatever it might be, the show must go on. And it's really sad because it does remind me that the, the, you know, the health and safety and, care of your everyday person has to take a second backseat like to every like to what makes the business run every single time that's exactly what we're seeing here mm-hmm. yeah no i 100 i 100 agree with you so you know what sucks also we haven't talked about one thing about basketball on a basketball podcast so yeah let's yeah. let's let's hope that the good comes out of this on, on both ends on both the both the nets and and the spurs part but let's take a little bit of a break because i feel like it's been pretty heavy and let's let's talk about a boring basketball team for once how about that <laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon team are we ready to talk about the magic yet oh i'm excited oh god have they they've won a game right magic yeah they've actually won a, won a couple yeah for, hey, for a smidgen okay. of a moment the lakers were the only winless team at one point and the, at the right but they, now they've they won just two, beat, I believe. they just beat the golden state warriors in ot and the oh, next sweet. game for the for the golden state warriors is without curry clay draymond or wiggins so it's probably going to be uh, the fifth game they lose. But anyways, we're not here to talk about the Golden State Warriors. We're here to talk about the Toronto Raptors because this is a Raptors podcast uh, by Raptors fans. For Raptors fans, boys, I'm going to date this episode. Uh, we are recording on Friday, the uh, 4th of November. Um, unfortunately, kids in Toronto are not in school. So, Jay, I can also hear your kids. So how are you coping with that for one? It's 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 totally fine. Please pay the educators. Please pay them. A hundred percent. 
one hundred. My sister is a high school teacher. Pay your educators. Yes, yes, we stand with QP one hundred percent. The Toronto Raptors, they are playing very well. They are in the last two games. They are plus seventy three. I believe yeah. they trounced the uh, Atlantic Hawks, which I believe Dre that you said that we were going to lose that game the last week. But I don't blame you because I thought I we think, were going to win a seventy sixers game. Uh, I thought we would lose too, so I, I was with Dre on that one. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, they they then. Uh, demolish the spurs 143 to 100 which is the highest margin of victory for the raptors on the road and today they're going to face the uh dallas mavericks uh and then a back-to-back with with the bulls and then the rockets and the thunder but let's not go too far right now i want to ask you guys how you feel about the raptors right now so i'm going to throw some stats for you they are number one in transition uh, it, per possession, I guess it's their the frequency is twenty point three percent. Their percentiles ninety six point six percent. They are number one in the NBA in steals at ten point eight steals per game, but also conversely number one in turnovers per game at ten point nine. So clearly, this Toronto Raptors team is very fast. Uh, they cause a lot of problems uh, for their opponents, but they also don't take care of the ball very well. No, no, uh, uh, you're misinterpreting that. That's uh, they're, they're number one in terms of turnover. So meaning they they turn it over less than everyone. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I should really look at this uh, more, uh, much better. Okay, so in other words, uh, let's not talk about top five defensive team for OG Ananobi. Let's talk about defensive player of the year, OG Ananobi. Yes. How about that? Uh, I'll jump into the team here. And it, the remarkable part of what you just said there, right? So like you said, number one in steals, number one in taking care of the basketball as well. And then yep. let's throw in one more thing here. They're number one in defensive rebounding. Now, why that is noteworthy is because it is almost the exact opposite yep. of what the Raptors were known for last year. Last year, yes, they were number two in transition offense, but the... The efficiency wasn't there, and that's why it's, it's good to see that they're up there now as, as one of the best transition offenses, but more so the way in which they got out on the break was because they crashed the boards better than anyone. Mm-hmm. I think they were number two to the Grizzlies in offensive rebounding last year. So basically, the, 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 the tables have turned in that instead of crashing the glass and getting extra possessions that way, they are instead crashing the defensive glass, making mm-hmm. sure that the when they're def- on on defense, the, the offense doesn't get a second chance, which is why they're number one in, in allowing offensive rebounds. And, and then also they're they're just not turning the ball over. So that's an amazing turnaround. It's like Nick Nurse has done it again. He's managed yeah. to find a new way to use this team. And this is the thing. There was nothing wrong with the recipe last year. Crashing the glass, goddess extra possessions, right? Um, he's going about it differently in terms of, I want to win the possession battle this time, not by stealing them necessarily. Well, yes, they're number one in steals, but like not in terms of crashing the offensive glass, but let's just make sure the other team doesn't get a damn rebound uh, when they miss their shot. So he's winning the possession battle that way. So it's, it's amazing to see. Um, and I get it, small sample size and everything, but the fact that the Raps are also number one in steals, specifically OG Ananobi, I mean, mm-hmm. I'll lob it over to you, Dre. OG Ananobi, Defensive Player of the Year, maybe? 
Well, I mean, that's really tough because, you know, we have how many players that are doing really like, okay. Oh, the de facto defensive player of the year? No. But um, should he be a part of the conversation at at least in the top 10? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like this is the OG that we've been waiting for for a very long time. Like, oh, this is going to be his year. He's finally going to be like the defensive player that we know he's going to be. Uh, not that he's ever been like bad, but this is looking really good. And I feel like he's got a great team around him that allows him to break out into the uh, defensive player that we all knew he was going to be. So uh, for those who were hanging on tight to OG amidst all those trade rumors, it's, it's finally paying off as much as people just, hope. Just for reference, uh, he is number one in steals at 2.9. Number two at the moment is Fred, 2.5 steals. Three is Shea Gildress, tied with the, the Jante Murray. And number five is Dennis Smith Jr., who wants to play in the NFL, apparently. Um, I think how the Raptors are playing right now is incredible. Um, and I, I, again, I, I don't want to – I'm going to take into account that like Atlanta was on like the, the fifth – game of of a five game road trip i believe or they're they were just really tired and and the spurs were uh without two of their best scorers so but you can just kind of tell that the this team once they get a defensive rebound the first thing you do is push the ball or they throw the ball all the way to the other side of the court and I want to say that not only is OG locked in on defense Gary as well as well as Fred when he's healthy I want to say that one of the biggest differences between this year and last year is the fact that they've played their rookie a lot in Christian Coloco at center. And it kind of gives the perimeter defense more of an advantage to take more chances, you know, be more aggressive, knowing that you have somebody like Christian Coloco who will kind of clean up your messes or or be there when knowing that if I don't get this steal, then Christian's going to be there uh, with his giant seven four wingspan. And if and if the, he does, if my defender shoots it, or if my my uh, the person I am defending is shooting it, I can run all the way to the other side of the court, and everybody who is who is rebounding can pass it. And particularly uh, Pascal Siakam, who is like averaging nine point seven rebounds per game, is a really good passer as well. So. The fact that we're playing Christian a lot and we actually have a, a decent center at the moment, I think that makes a really big difference between this year and last year. Do you agree with me, Jay? Yeah, no, it's uh, everything you said is right on the nose there. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to like about this team, right? And and you've highlighted a couple of those things there. You know, Christian Coloco playing already being a rotation player is quite a big win for the Raptors. Yeah. Um, we know that Nick Nurse likes to play around a bit in the beginning of the season with lineups and whatnot, but I think it's it's quite obvious that Coloco is a rotation player. And that's going to be hard to justify as the G League season kicks off tomorrow. Right. You know, the, right. the expectation mm-hmm. is that Coloco is going to play a lot in the G League, right? And that was always supposed to be in the plan. So if we don't see him in the Raptors lineup, you shouldn't be surprised. But at the same time, you also shouldn't be surprised if he is in the Raptors lineup. He's just been that damn good. So yeah, I don't know. I'm excited yeah. to see how how Coloco develops over this year. He again, he does need the reps in the G League, regardless of how well he's doing now with his NBA minutes. You know, Otto Porter is back. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, the team is getting back to full health again. Um, so, you know, you might you might see that that he's either back at the end of the bench or or spending more time in in the G League. One thing that really jumped out to me um, is the way that the offense is playing, and I'm going to highlight one specific area. Okay, and that's three point shooting. Um, did you guys know that? Two Raptors are currently in the top twenty in three point shooting. I'm not surprised. And who are those two? Is one of them Barnes? Yeah, Barnes is currently shooting forty eight percent from three. Damn, that Oof. is uh, good for again small sample, early start of the season. That's good for seventeenth. That's way ahead of whatever we would have projected for him. The other one, any guesses, Jason? Oh, it's got to be Gary Trent. The answer, ranked third in the NBA, 56% from three, is none other than Chris Boucher. Oh, so the Raptors wow. are really, really doing well shooting from the outside. And this is something that you kind of hope for, right? Entering the season, we all said, okay, the offense is going to kind of be a bit sluggish. We're hoping for some internal development. Holy hell, is there ever internal development? Mm-hmm. Um, the team on the whole, I think they rank, oh, I had it here, damn it. Uh, the team... Uh, Shooting from three, and again, I, I'll keep prefacing this with this. It's just, it's small sample size, but the team is up to thirty eight point six percent from mm-hmm. three, and that's ranked sixth in the NBA. That's outstanding, and it yes, really it is. is helping to fuel the half court offense because we already know, as, as Jason already alluded to, the transition offense is absolutely dominating. Like no team has ever had back to back games with at least forty transition points in about I think it's five seasons. So what the Raptors are doing in transition is complemented by this outstanding three-point shooting. I mean, honestly, there's a reason why we're all very high in the Raptors right now because they are they got through that rough stretch of the first seven games of the season uh, relatively unscathed with four and three record. Should have been five and two if we're going to really think about that Brooklyn game. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now they've got some winnable games. Like tonight's game against Dallas is going to be a really good litmus test in terms of all right, let's put this uh, defense to the test here. And can you make Luca work? Can you keep that offense at bay and steal one in Dallas? So I, I'm really interested to see how things go tonight. But really, overall, I, I can't complain with how this team, as this team has started the season. So the Raptors are actually, as I said, alluded to, they're number one in transitions. Dallas Mavericks are number 30. So this is going to either go Dallas's way, who love to play very, very slow with the leading uh, point getter and in Luke Dondras, or they're going to run them out the building because they are the slowest team in the NBA. So we will see if that plus forty in transition is is going to uh, stay put. Is if if they're if they're going to continue to run at the moment. The Raptors are number two in defensive points allowed at 105.8 and points differential at 88.1 or plus 8.1. So the Raptors are are playing in all cylinders and they're not healthy. The Raptors are not even healthy. <laughs> I think that's that's the most impressive part. This whole, the last point before we go, this whole thing about Fred not, playing uh and that we should really think about letting go of fred 
let's be real. Fred is still the leader of this team. Siakam, Siakam and Fred are the two-headed monsters that lead this team. And Siakam is playing at a full high top five tilt right now. But we still need Fred to have those moments of leadership and calm. Because we have been spoiled these last two games by winning plus 30, but winning by 43 and not having to worry about those clutch minutes. But when you have Fred in there and we're down by, I don't know, six or we're up by three and we're losing momentum, you give the ball to Fred, who is our by far our best uh, ball handler, and he hasn't even been shooting great this season. We still need Fred. So do not even think about letting him go or trading him somewhere else, even for a KD package, because I don't think that's going to work either. So I'm just saying, let's shut that down. Let's shut down that whole, we don't need Fred. I think that's dumb. I think that I've done a really good job personally of cleaning up my Twitter timeline because I've seen none of that. I've heard about it. But I've seen none of it on my timeline, so I'm glad I'm not seeing those. Okay, good. Friends trade I have. requests. But yeah, yeah this is this is a team that's that's uh, worth getting excited over, and I think that what you're going to see over the next little stretch is is a little bit of that rotation crystallizing, right? Especially with Auto quarterback, it's going to be it takes some time for him to kind of get used to the system here in Toronto. But you've seen the the fruits of of Masai's and and Nick's labor, right? And mm-hmm. This this ability to stretch out and 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 cover every area of the floor. I mean, I, I like that that OG has kind of said I am the best defender in the NBA, and that he's now got the at least the traditional numbers to back it up in terms of the the steals per game. Like that's what the old heads will will kind of point to. But uh, it, it's going to happen throughout the season when you know he's he's going to card Luca tonight. We'll, we'll see how he does yeah. with that. He was he's yeah. going to be guarding Demar and Vucevic on switches uh, on, on Sunday. And so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he continues to shine because uh, to your point, health is finally here, at least for now. And the Raptors are showing what they can do. I, I just love the fact that if we have someone like Luca, Demar, uh, Jalen Green and Shea, the next the couple of next like high caliber players that we're going to face next, but you're gonna have to. They're gonna have to face a defense of OG. If you switch that, you're gonna switch it to Scotty Barnes. And if you switch that, you're gonna switch that to Pascal. And if you switch that, you might switch that to Precious. Precious. Yeah. All of them, or and you switch that, you're gonna switch that to Chris Boucher. None of that is going to uh, be advantage to you, to the opponent. So, Masai, keep this team as boring as possible. Jay Dre. Dallas game, the Bulls, Bulls, and Rockets. Uh, I've only looked into Mavs and first game with the Bulls, and I think in my weekly thing on Monday, I had Dallas as a loss and Bulls as a win. Um, I guess I'll stick with that, and then I'll say that they'll sweep that against the Bulls. Uh, Actually, I shouldn't shouldn't, shouldn't say that. Should I? (laughs) No, I I think you should. It'll be a I think you should. Come on. They split it with Philly. They split it with Miami. Uh, Chicago, they could probably steal one. I don't know. I, okay, I shouldn't have this much faith in Chicago. And then Houston, that's going to be one of those that would be annoying, but the, the, the Raptors will pull that out. Yep. Dre, what about you, man? So uh, I'm going to stick with, uh, I think I said a win with the Mavericks, but the Mavericks are looking a little better than when I first made that prediction, but I'm still going to say a win, even though Luca's finally looking 
a little bit like a like an MVP type player, doing really well. Um, mm-hmm. Chicago, I'm gonna say, is a loss. Chicago looks like it's kind of getting back to what it was once like last year, that uh, perennial, um, I guess, season team. You know, if they show up in the playoffs, that's a different story. But uh, we're we're back to the season team that was kind of kicking ass last year. So I'm gonna say it's a loss. Now, Houston. I hope is a win for God's sakes, because I'm actually going to that game. My fam and I are nice. going. So, uh, nice. and please it's, it's Houston. <laughs> so, let's... Oh, as, as for your Chicago prediction, there's two of them. One in Chicago, one in Toronto. Yeah. So the one in Toronto is on Sunday and the one in Chicago is the, uh, it's on Monday. It's a late game. It's at eight forty five PM. Well, it has to be because they just play each other the night before. Right. Okay, well, okay. this is this is pretty basic, but I'm gonna say, uh, you know, home team is gonna win. So, okay, mm. over in Chicago, it's gonna be them. Over in Toronto, it's gonna be us. I hope. Nice, mm-hmm. nice, yeah. well done. Uh, all right, well, I'm gonna say win tonight, and yes, I agree with you, Jay. We're gonna split the Bulls. I don't know which one. I hope it's a home and home. Uh, and we're gonna win against the Rockets because the Rockets. Uh, they, they can they can either shoot themselves in the foot or shoot themselves out of uh, shoot themselves with with the win I guess in, in in the threes so let's go with that but let us know your prediction as well I know this is a lengthy pod this was a a heavy episode but I feel like we all had something to take, get off our chest so you know let's let's thank the side that this is a boring as Toronto Raptors team let's keep it that way Jay where can we find you brother. You can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. Uh, I've got the weekly podcast. Oh, sorry, podcast. Weekly write up the the wrap up every Monday, previewing the games of the week. And well, you also got, got a weekly podcast too. Well, I guess I do. And also, I have a special podcast episode I recorded with Mike Prada of the Athletic NBA editor over there, former NBA editor here at SB Nation. Um, he's got a new book coming out, and it's called spaced out how the nba's three-point revolution changed everything you thought you knew about basketball i got a nice clip of it it is outstanding the interview was really eye-opening we've got that episode coming up for you on monday so make sure you guys check that out Uh, and make sure you buy that book it's really really amazing stuff trey what about you brother you can find me on instagram at i am left e-y-e-a-m-l-e-f-t and you can follow my film editorial and review website, Phil Spatel, F-I-L-M-S-F-E-T-A-L-E.com, no spaces. Uh, you can also listen to my film podcast called The K-Cut. So we are reaching our 100th episode. Whoa, uh, whoa, not whoa, this whoa. Tuesday. Pop yeah. the champagne. Ooh. Yeah. 100? <laughs> yeah, 100. Yeah, well done, brother. 100. So thank you. Uh, it's not this episode. Uh, it's the one after our cinematic smorgasbord, which is also a fantastic series where we watch films we've never seen before. So you should check that out too. Um, but yeah, uh, the K cut is reaching 100 and we're doing a special uh, list episode of sorts. I don't want to say more than that. You're just going to have to listen in, find out the rest for yourself. Nice. Nice. And you can find all of us on That's a Rap Pod. And you can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts on Spotify and or Apple. Make sure you leave a rate and review. But until then, Raptors fans, that's a wrap. <laughs>